Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk with Mandy and Zila, where each week we discuss new health and lifestyle questions based on questions you send us. I am Zila Ozels from the Brantford Public Library Programming Department. And I'm Mandy Samuel, a community health broker with the Brant County Health Unit. Mandy, what does a community health broker do? Well, Zila, a community health broker works with all the citizens in the community to provide support, education, and broker connections to health-related services. Basically, anything they need to support their overall health. Does that mean you're like a nutritionist, nurse, or doctor? No, it doesn't. While there are many times we work alongside other healthcare professionals, our job is to help improve access to and the effectiveness of the healthcare systems. We connect people with education and skill building, employment services, addiction and treatment supports, as well as housing services, just to name a few. Our work changes all the time, which I totally love, but what doesn't change is that we're always right there in the community, meeting them where they're at. So just to be clear for our listeners, the content in this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions or any medical issues that you may be having. Welcome to episode five of Let's Talk with Mandy and Zila. It's officially fall now. So we started this podcast in the heat of the summer and now we're bundling up and watching the leaves change. Personally, this is one of my favorite times of years. How about you, Mandy? How are you enjoying the fall so far? Um, I'm really enjoying it, Zila. I like the fall weather too with the changing of the leaves and pumpkin spice everything and um, some of the activities that you kind of do for fall like pumpkin carving and all of that stuff. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Are you a pumpkin spice person? Yes, in some ways. (laughs) Not in everything. I feel like I wouldn't like it in everything. Um, In a latte, yes, I like it. (laughs) Okay. I've actually never tried it. I don't know if it is something I would try. I just like my pumpkin pie and that's that. (laughs) I like pumpkin pie too, um, but not a lot throughout the year. Just kind of like Thanksgiving or maybe at Christmas or something like that. Not, Not a lot. Kind of to get you into the mood of the season? Yeah, yeah. Um, And actually, Thanksgiving is coming up this weekend. I can't believe it's already here. It came so fast. Yeah, this whole year has been really, really gone by pretty quickly, I feel like. Yeah, and I think, I think some of the reasons is what we're experiencing in terms of the isolating and all of that, which kind of ties into our first question. But what are we covering in today's episode? So today we're going to share information in regards to sodium and fiber. But first, we have a question from a listener. Our question comes from Diana. I think it's a question that's on everyone's minds these days. So her question to us is, when is COVID-19 going to stop so we can all go back to normal? So Mandy, what do you say? (laughs) Well, unfortunately, this isn't a question that we have an answer for. There's so many different factors involved, but I understand where the question's coming from. Same. I mean, personally, some days are harder than others. Overall, I'm still getting used to the new habits I've formed since COVID closures. While we can't provide an answer to Diana's question, are there things we can focus on to help us get through this? I think some of the things that we should focus on um, just to kind of help us get through this sooner are following all of the guidelines that have been set out. So making sure that when you're going out, you're wearing your face covering and you're covering your nose and your chin. Um, You want to make sure that you're not touching your face when you're out or touching your mask, not touching your face covering. You want to follow social distancing guidelines, so staying six feet apart and washing your hands or using hand sanitizer often. 
where can we find any information about these measures that we should be taking or updates to that? I think some great uh, places to check for reliable sources of information would be the Brant County Health Unit website, the Ontario Ministry of Health, Health Canada, and the World Health Organization. And we can make sure that we link all of those in the notes. Yes, for sure. And in the meantime, even though we can't be physically close to each other, I think there are many ways we can do to feel connected with each other. Yeah, I think uh, some of the things around um, being able to cope with the current situation would be um, making sure that you're staying connected and communicating, um, that you have someone to talk to if you need to. So like family or friends or a counselor, um, you can, you know, chat on the phone, you can do video calling if if you have that option, but really just making sure that we're staying connected. Another way too is just making sure that you're seeking reliable information. Um, So for instance, some of the locations that I've already mentioned, but just making sure that it's that information that you're following and not other sources of information that may not be correct. You also want to make sure that you're finding balance and knowing when to unplug. So not being on social media or watching too much news or those kinds of things, because it's not helpful if it's too much, it can cause additional stress. And you want to also make sure that you're practicing self-care. So making sure that you're eating healthy and getting active and reading or practicing meditation or yoga getting enough sleep, and just doing the things that you enjoy and just living the best life that you you can right now with the current situation because it's there's still a lot of opportunities to do that. So can I ask if there is something in particular you're doing to take care of yourself? I think I think for myself, one of the things I'm trying to do is stay off social media a little bit because I think that that's helpful. Um, and also reading I'm definitely doing some reading or participating in meetings and things that are online so that you're still feeling connected to people. Uh, Even a book club online, I was participating in just to kind of be connected to people as well. So all of those things. Yeah, I would say um, I have a few friends that I go visit once in a while in different cities, but obviously I haven't been doing that. But instead of just having a simple phone call, we've been doing Facebook Messenger with the video or Zoom with the video just so that we can at least see each other. And it's it makes a difference, I think, seeing them and not just hearing their voice. Yeah, I think that's so true. If, if you have that option, definitely being able to see people is, is great. And there are two sites that I wanted to mention before we close off this question. CamH.ca, so CAMH.ca has a page specific to... Uh, mental health and COVID-19. And we're going to link that in the show notes. It includes things like information on how you can take care of yourself during this time, who you can reach out to, as well as there's a discussion forum there. You can chat with other folk uh, about kind of what you're experiencing if you need. And then Brantford City has a Neighbors Helping Neighbors page where you can find links to different services and ways that you can either get support or maybe go and volunteer. Um, And we will link that as well. So thank you, Diana, for your question. I'm sorry we couldn't give you a full answer, but hopefully you can use the information we shared. Next, we're going to talk about sodium. So Mandy, why is sodium intake something more Canadians should be aware of? Sodium intake is important because too much sodium can actually cause um, high blood pressure, stroke, heart disease, and kidney disease. Did you know that over over 75% 
of sodium we eat comes from processed foods. So that's like foods and packaging typically? Yeah, so like um, cheese, deli meats, pizza sauces, soups, anything that's ready to eat is definitely very high in sodium. So that's like a lot of canned things we might buy in the grocery store as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, Sodium's in a lot of places where you wouldn't expect it, like um, your pasta sauce, or we've talked additionally about even just rinsing your canned beans, because even canned beans, something that healthy, has a lot of sodium. So... It's really, it comes back to reading labels again. I was going to say, so if we're looking at the food packaging, whether it's a can or a box, what should we be looking for to make sure that we're making healthy choices around sodium? I think you want to, um, you want to try and have foods that are, you know, the least amount of sodium you can. So you want to look for anything that's unsalted or lower in sodium or sodium free or no salt added, but obviously that's not always gonna be the option. So you wanna make sure that you're reading your labels. And I think that it's another great opportunity to be following the five to 15% rules. So you wanna make sure that you're shooting for closer to 5% of your daily intake versus anything closer to 15, which would be a lot, right? So you wanna kind of keep it small. And I think another thing too, that's a good thing to do when you're looking at labels is you wanna make sure you're looking for hidden hidden ingredients that contain sodium. What are those? Um, so there's obviously salt, uh, monosodium glutamate, so MSG, baking soda, so sodium bicarbonate, baking powder, and soy sauce. There's actually a really good um, chart on Unlock Food that can help you f- understand better the nutrient content claims around sodium to kind of get a sense of what they really mean. Okay, good. So we'll make sure to add the link to that and you can check out what, what the labels are actually telling you. <laughs> and I guess this is where if you're making it yourself, you can kind of control how much sodium you're putting into it, right? Yeah. Making stuff at home yourself is always the best option for any kind of like healthier food um, because then you have control over what's in it and then you're doing fresh too and you're not getting the stuff that's already got sodium already pre-added to it so you were saying that we tend to eat more sodium than we should so how much sodium should we actually be eating in our diets yeah so that's actually very interesting uh, a thing that i was reading it says that most of us are actually eating 3,400 milligrams per day, which is actually more than it's like double what we're supposed to have. Oh, wow. So a healthy adult only needs 1,500 milligrams of sodium per day. And healthy children need about 1,000 to 1,500 milligrams per day. So if you really start to read your labels, you're going to be a little shocked as to how small that actually is and how easy it is to go over. Uh, And then one last question about sodium. You say that we're eating too much of it. So what are some ways we can season our food so it's still up to our delicious standards? And how do we do that without salt? I think using herbs and spices is an option to season your food to have it taste good without um, having sodium. So, you know, like your sage or rosemary or garlic, garlic powder, but not garlic salt. You want to be make sure that you're being mindful of that in your spices, just really any of the different spices that there are. And another thing that we like to use too, which is a seasoning that doesn't contain any sodium is the varieties of Mrs. Dash that you can buy. Hmm. Okay. So they're, like a, they're a blend of different spices, but it doesn't contain any sodium. So that's kind of a really good one. I have noticed that sometimes when you buy prepackaged 
spice mixes, the sodium content's pretty high. And, and I personally, like, I try to find recipes to create my own spice mixes so that I can control the salt that's in there. But that's good to hear that there is stuff out there without the sodium. Yeah, I think that's a really good point actually to point out because there are different, a lot of different um, spice blends out there that definitely would still have the sodium. So if you're not buying individual spices that are just the raw spice, then you're going to want to make sure that you're reading those labels as well and the ingredients lists to make sure if any sodium has been added. It seems like every episode we have keeps going back to reading the ingredients list and checking out the label. (laughs) I think that's the biggest piece of it all is making sure that you're reading those labels and the ingredient list and making good choices. Yeah. And I mean, these days, if you have a phone with you and you don't understand something on the label, really, you could look it up on your phone, right? And making sure that the site you have can be trusted, but you can find out what that label is telling you. Yeah, I think um, something else I just wanted to comment on a little bit is the different um, the different kinds of salt. So there's table salt, which is the most common one. And then there's kosher salt in the different sayers that doesn't contain any iodine or any additives, pickling salt, sea salt. But the main thing that I wanted to point out about the different salts is there is no difference in how these salts may affect your health. All of them have the same amount of sodium per teaspoon. One teaspoon of salt is actually equal to 2,300 milligrams of sodium. Holy smokes. (laughs) Okay. But I think that something, though, I want to add is that a lot of times the sodium that we're taking in in the day is not from the salt shaker that you're adding the salt, right? Like you want to make sure that you're not doing that too much either. But most people, it's the hidden salts. It's the stuff that's already in there to make it taste better that we're buying like that. And so if we're not taking that into consideration and then we're adding extra salt, that's where we kind of get into problems. So I think trying things before you add salt and just making sure whether we actually need to add any salt or if it already tastes good, because a lot of us are in a habit of just adding salt right away, like, and you haven't tasted it yet to see if it even needs it. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. So either make it ourselves and control the salt we put in it or carefully read the labels of anything prepackaged and taste before we salt. Exactly. That's perfect. Okay. So our final topic for this episode is fiber. I feel like this is something we hear about often. And when I hear about eating healthy, I often hear that we should increase fiber in our diet. Why is that? Um, Fiber is really important because it helps keep you regular It helps lower your cholesterol and it can help control your blood sugar. Fiber may also help you maintain a healthy body weight and lower your risk for heart disease and certain types of cancer. It also helps you um, feel full longer. So what foods contain fiber that we should be eating more of? Uh, Fiber is found in vegetables and fruit, whole grains, beans, peas and lentils and nuts and seeds. And specifically for like vegetables and fruits, I think I remember reading that You want to try and keep the peel on because that's where you get a lot of fiber, right? That's true. Um, Especially like something as simple as an apple. You want to make sure you're leaving the peel on. And making sure that you're washing it if you're worried there's wax or pesticides on it or something. Absolutely. We We should be washing our fruits and vegetables. And are there different kinds of fiber? There are two main types of fiber. Insoluble fiber helps to keep you regular. Insoluble fiber is found in vegetables and fruit and whole grains and wheat bran. Soluble fiber 
helps to lower cholesterol and blood glucose. Soluble fiber is found in some fruits like apples, oranges, vegetables, like carrots, okra, and eggplant, oats, barley, psyllium, and legumes, beans, and lentils. And what about like if I'm juicing, am I still getting the fiber that way? I think when you're juicing, you're losing a lot of the nutrients that you would by just eating the whole foods. Okay, so rather than juicing, if I'm looking for fiber and nutrients, I should really be eating the whole apple or something. It's, it's always better to eat the, the unmodified fruit or vegetable versus um, just the juice from it. Okay, and how much does, sorry, how much fiber do we need to be eating? So that's going to depend on your, your age and whether you're male or female. Most, most Canadians do not get enough fiber. So I'll just kind of touch base a little bit on some of these. So men 19 to 15 year, 50 years old need to eat 38 grams, but men 51 plus should have 30 grams. Women 19 to 50 should have 25 grams. Women 51 plus should have 21 grams. Pregnant women 28 grams and breastfeeding women 29 grams. Okay. And I do remember seeing that chart in one of the resources you sent me. So I'll make sure to add that to the show notes as well uh, for anyone who's curious about how much you should be looking at eating. In the category you mentioned, it sounds like I would have to eat 28 grams of fiber a day to have a healthy level of fiber in my diet. Um, And I was reading on another page on unlockfood.ca that we'll share in the show notes that for example, a half a cup of raspberries, that has four grams of fiber. So that's actually already a significant chunk of my daily intake if I add that to like, you know, my cereal or something in the morning. And even a half cup of carrot sticks, that's two grams of fiber. So, you know, it can add up as you're eating throughout the day, definitely. But that's really, I guess we have to really put the focus on those grains, legumes, vegetables and fruits in our diets. Yeah, I think it's, I think that's exactly it. Um, Definitely making sure too that when you're looking at your grains, you're making sure to pick your whole grains. And if you're looking to pick a cereal that you want to have, maybe looking to make sure that it's high fiber. So it has um, more than four grams or more per serving. The bottom line with fiber is you can get more fiber by making small changes that add up throughout the day. Foods like vegetables and fruit and whole grains and legumes and nuts and seeds are good sources of fiber. Look for whole grain foods with two to four grams of fiber per serving on the food label. Okay, great. So that's it for today. Mandy, (laughs) what's one thing you want people to remember from this episode? I actually have two things that I would want people to remember from this episode. I wanted to mention and remind people about reading reading labels and how important that is because that's something that it really does have an impact to our overall health. And I think the second thing is just um, staying connected through COVID and making sure that you're reaching out if you need help. And if there's one thing you're going to try, I would say try adding one serving a fiber per meal. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk with Mandy and Zila. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you have a question you'd like us to explore, fill out our question submission form on the Let's Talk page on the library website. Stay happy and healthy. This podcast is a joint project between Brantford Public Library and the Brant County Health Unit. Edited by me, Zila Ozel. Music provided by Purple Planet through purple-planet.com. 
For more information about the podcast, visit the Brantford Public Library website at brantfordlibrary.ca. Thank you.